doing just well. Thank you for asking. But yeah, I hope everybody's quarantine is doing well. I hope everybody is staying safe, washing their hands, you know, just doing the basic things to help yourself during this time and to, you know, ensure that you and your loved ones are safe. So unfortunately today we really don't have much to talk about, so we're just gonna, you know, spitball here. But obviously before I, you know, have a little fun and you know, we just go off the rails a little bit today, um, I just wanna discuss uh something that I haven't really gone into and that's the whole Norris trophy conversation that is slowly going on. So obviously Tampa defenseman Victor Hedman is in the talk. You know, he's been having a great year. This year, uh, 55 points, uh, a plus minus of 27, and in, that's through 66 games played. Obviously, the, the favorites other than Hedman are John Carlson from the Washington Capitals, as well as um, as well as Roman Yossi from the Nashville Predators. And, you know, I was a little bit surprised when I heard that Roman Yossi was a a favorite just because if you you know if you look at Yossi's numbers I mean he's one of the favorites obviously you know it's him and Carlson but if you look at Yossi's numbers and compare them to Victor Hedman you know they're not really that far off you know the other you know Hedman's played three less games than Yossi Yossi has the edge in goals with 16 where Hedman has 11 uh and Hedman, you know, is five back in assist with 44, where Yossi has 49. And Hedman has 55 points total, where Roman Yossi has 65. Uh, uh, the one thing that I like to look at with these players, because obviously, you know, defensemen, when you look at them, you can't really measure them on scoring. Yes, they're going to put up the points. And if you look at John Carlson, he has 75 right now. And that's why he's obviously the favorite. But the fa- the thing that really sticks out to me with a lot of these these players, and you know, of course, you have other players in the talk, in the discussion, but are not really, I guess you could say, a threat, or really have a very very good chance of winning. And that's players like Alex Perangelo and Dougie Hamilton. You know, obviously Hamilton uh, miss quite a quite some time this year and you know is is assumed to be out for the rest of the season you know he he uh played only 47 games this year but he was having a pretty good year up until he got injured where you know Petrangelo is 70 he played 70 games this year 16 goals 36 assists 52 points total uh with a point uh plus minus of 11 and but the thing that sticks out to me and what I really use to um, you know, measure these guys and how well and how valuable they are to their team because you know, unfortunately, there really aren't a lot of numbers when you look at defensemen that can measure how well they play the def- defense. You have to really watch these guys play. You have to really see footage of how they play. You know, I'm sure if you if you go into all the kind of analytical stuff, yeah, I'm sure there is a number out there that you could use to measure how effective a defenseman is um, on, you know, on the defensive side of the puck. But the one number that I look at, especially for defensemen, is point shares. And if you don't know what point shares is, it's an estimate of the number of points uh, contributed by a player. And 
I I like to use that just as a measuring point, just because that that you know you really for for points total for for a defenseman. Obviously, you're not gonna have crazy numbers. You know, you're not gonna have kind of like Ray Bork, Bobby Orr uh, type numbers when you look at these guys. You know, but you know you're gonna look at obviously hits and blocks. That's really gonna be um, something they're gonna look at as well as takeaways, but. With point shares, you know, you, you're going to see all high numbers with these guys. And that's kind of like the, I guess, the measuring stick and kind of, you know, the common theme if you look at a lot of these defensemen. Now, Carlson has 10.7 point shares, whereas Yossi has 10.9. Uh, Petrangelo has 9.1. And Hamilton has 8.6, where Victor Hedman has 9.5. Or you could say 9.5. So, what does that mean? You know, you're probably asking yourself, well... Everything you've said that, you know, about Victor Hedman thus far, you're not really making the case for him. Well, the thing is that, do I expect Victor Hedman to win an Norris Trophy? No. I mean, you know, I made this point um, on my appearance, which will uh, be available to listen to later on today on the Locked On NHL channel uh, when discussing the Norris Trophy, that, you know, I think that Part of the reason Hedman isn't really widely considered or isn't getting the number of votes that he maybe should is because I think maybe the one thing, if you look at his entire career, the one thing you could say about Victor Hedman from the time he's been 19 to now, 10 years later, is that he's consistent. He's he's a very consistently good player, and that's what you're going to get out of him. He's going to play in the you know 70 the 75 range every year and that's just the nature of the beast when you're a defenseman because obviously he plays a very physical game um and obviously at that position as well you're going to be taking a lot of bumps and bruises along the along the road as the season uh goes on and that's the one thing that unfortunately you know you're really not going to see a defenseman play 80 82 games i mean yeah you will but you know, Hedman is unfortunately not that player, but yeah, you got to look at point shares because I believe that that really measures these guys and, you know, how really valuable they are to their teams. And Hedman, I think has been super valuable to the lightning this year, just because especially with Jan Ruda going down and Ryan McDonough being out for an uh, extended amount of time as well. And of course we're, we're all aware of Steven Stamkos uh, being, you know, being down and, you know, probably uh, going to be out for a while now. But obviously with this extended break, he'll probably be back for the playoffs. Thing is, you know, even though he wasn't out that long from the time he was out till the season got postponed, we were only talking a matter of weeks. But, you know, and the Lightning weren't really in any danger of missing the playoffs at that point. You know, I think they had enough distance between them and Toronto to the point to where even if they faltered a little bit, which they did, um, it wasn't going to affect their chances of making the playoffs just because, you know, they're a good team. They're still a very good team without Steven Stamkos. But why? Because they had a player like Victor Hedman who, uh, you know, especially when Stamkos went down, it, it seemed like he was all over the place, uh, you know. And the one thing that is very valuable about Victor Hedman is that and I spoke about it a little bit on past shows. If you haven't, you know, if you haven't been listening to the show uh, as often, please go back and listen. Um, a lot of these episodes tie in with each other. So, 
you know, we definitely, you definitely want to, you know, stay on track with what I'm talking about because I will be pulling things back from past episodes and, you know, be connecting all the dots over a long period of time is that Victor Hedman really, he, he, he's been doing a lot of things that you don't are really already expected of him. So, you know, a lot of people aren't going to go crazy about how great Victor Hedman is uh, racing back on breakaways to break up the play and, you know, not give the attacking player a good good chance at scoring one-on-one on the goalie, which which he has done a number of times. And unfortunately, that's kind of, he's been doing that a lot more so than he really should have just because, you know, this team, I wouldn't say they're slacking, but they've, there's been times where, especially on line changes, they let a uh, player on the opposing team get behind them and uh, the, the team moves the puck up up the ice very fast and allows that player to go on the breakaway at the blue line and headman you know you don't really expect a guy that size to to really skate that fast you know he's 6'6 230 something pounds so you know he he's definitely i'm sure surprises certain certain players uh that are thinking you know they have an open shot by themselves with the goalie but you know that's not so much the case and yeah so to have a guy like that on your team is, you know, definitely a huge, huge boost, especially when you're missing players like Ryan McDonough, Jan Ruda, as well as, you know, of course, the captain, Steven Stamkos. So, yeah, if you want to listen, um, if you want to hear me talk more about Victor Hedman, and I will talk more because about it as we get closer, you know, as more news comes out, just because here's the thing. We don't know when the season's going to start again. I mean, there, I did speak about it on past episodes that maybe it'll it'll start in July and you know the whole plan with that but the thing is is that we're not we don't know for sure until the league does announce things and that right now we're just playing the waiting game and that means until we have a definitive plan of how the season's going to go on we're not even sure if there's going to be an awards uh you know if there's going to be an award show or whatever you know um but I will talk more about you know, the Norris Trophy standings as, you know, we get more news. In terms of the Vezina, I'm sure, you know, a lot of you are wondering as well, why don't you talk about the Vezina? Well, because I don't think I need to say much about the Vezina Trophy uh, contention. I think, I mean, if you've been watching this team all year and if you've been watching Andre Vasilevsky all year, I'm sure, even if you're not a Lightning fan, I think if you're a fan of hockey and you know enough about this sport to know about obviously the 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 trophies and you know what what it means to win those and you know what kind of performance a a player needs to put up to win those trophies i think we're all in agreement that if and when they do bring back the season and they do start doing the whole awards talk i think andre vasilevsky has a vezina trophy in the bag and i would i would love to hear an argument from any fan against that and if you want to, if you want to be that fan, go ahead. You know, I will, I would love to, you know, converse with you guys about that. You know, if you think maybe there's another goalie out there in the NHL that is more deserving of the Vezina trophy than, than Andre Vasilevsky, go ahead. I would love to hear it. And of course I will debate you on that. And you could always reach us at lockedonlightning at gmail.com or LO underscore lightning on Twitter, or even tweet to me at my personal account at AP Danker, D-E-N-K-E-R on Twitter. So moving on. Now, 
like I said at the top of the show, that there's really not a lot going on right now. Um, you know, obviously, that's just the nature of the beast that we are dealing with right now with this whole pandemic thing. Um, so, obviously, with, you know, there, there's been certain attempts, I guess, with networks out there uh, to try and keep us entertained, whether it's, you know, re-airing games from back in the past, which, you know, is fine, which I have no problem with. I, I love watching the games, the throwback games, more, you know, as much as anybody does. But after a while, you know, it, it kind of gets old. You know, you can't really... I'm not going to sit here all day and watch, you know, games that happen from the 80s, 70s, and 50s, especially when they're notable games and I know the outcomes of these games. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably, you know, if I could find them on YouTube, I'll now and then fast forward to the parts that are really iconic and what those games are made for, uh, what those games are known for. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you you should watch all these games because, you know, that's not, I'm not going to do that. You know, if, you, if you're into that kind of thing where you want to watch every game from the 1970s uh, from a particular series, go ahead. You know, that's fine. Like, I did a whole week on it with the, with the Tampa Bay Lightning on their 2004 run where I spoke about that whole series. But at the same time, um, especially about the games in recent years, I'm not going to watch the 2015 um, NLDS or something like that, you know. But there's been some other attempts out there to kind of entertain us sports fans. Uh, obviously, the the ESPN de Ocho whole thing with the eating contest. And uh, I thought it was pretty entertaining for like a little while with the, the world. I guess it was called the classic Tetris world championship or something along those lines where they had a tournament with uh, people going up against each other playing, you know, the old school Tetris game, which is cool. But, you know, that's not something you can watch every day. Um, the one thing that I've been seeing around and I'm curious to get everyone's a, you know, opinion on this stuff is what, how do you feel about the, you know, them televising or streaming the, the simulated game stuff? You know, I know that there's been some media services that have been doing that with the NFL, um, with the NHL, as well as, you know, with MLB, the show. And, um, you know, what's your, I want to know your opinion on that. Personally, me, I believe that, you know, I don't really take much stock in it. I don't, I don't know. I just don't get really much from watching two teams in Madden, you know, with nobody playing. Then again, I could be wrong. Um, if there are people playing, I guess that's kind of cool. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and watch someone play video games on TV, especially when it's a sports game, because it's, it doesn't have the same excitement to it. You know, you don't have, you don't, you don't really have those random moments during the game, whether whatever sport it may be that you would might have in an actual realistic game. Now that's just me. Maybe I'm just being a Debbie downer or a negative Nancy or whatever you want to call me, but that's the way I feel about that. Um, you know, I've been seeing some mixed reviews about it. Obviously there are certain individuals that, uh, have used that opportunity to, you know, fuel their betting addictions or sports gambling addictions um, and use that as a platform to, you know, kind of do that, which is fine. Like, I don't have a problem with that. You you know, to each his own. Uh, we spoke about sports betting the other day on Friday's show with uh, 
uh, Cantina Media sports writer, uh, Brian Saucer, you know, which we, we kind of spoken a little bit about, um, about, you know, the Lightning's chances of going, you know, going the distance and how, how their odds right now stack up against how, you know, we both believe the, the team, uh, actually is in terms of, you know, talent level, but, and I didn't get a chance again, but, uh, you know, that was a great interview and I want to thank Brian again while I am on the topic of that uh, for coming on the show and, uh, hopefully he comes on sooner and we could talk about more things, you know, as hopefully by the time, the next time he comes on the show, the season will have resumed or we're looking at a kind of a timetable as to which it will come back. Cause you know, it is, I think this is a very unfortunate time where yes, we have no sports, but at the same time, we have no idea when it's coming back. And if you are interested in or are curious as to when you know the season might come back, uh, I did discuss it on I believe not only Mondays, I mean, excuse me, not only Friday's show, but as well as a little bit in maybe on Thursday's show as well, where I discussed that you know I heard through some media outlets that you know the season might come back in July with the playoffs, you know, being going on in August and September with the off season going on in October and then ramping it back up into November, which yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's a good plan. But at the same time, how realistic is that? How realistic of a plan is that where, you know, you're not having players being completely exhausted. You know, I can't see, you know, whomever team it be, uh, having a seven game series in September for, I guess, I guess maybe the Stanley cup finals, if they plan it out, right. Game seven ends around, I want to say maybe second or third week of September. And then what do you have five weeks or so until the season starts up again? Now, what, what does that mean though? You know, if you're trying to have the season start in November, does that mean that there's no, training camp does that mean there's no preseason games which I don't think would be the worst thing in the world just because I mean I hate to discredit you know the whole how the season goes and you know training camp because obviously training camp's a time for rookies and you know kind of those players who are on the fence to show what they got and possibly make the roster but at the same time how I mean if you want to have kind of a voluntary training camp I guess you could do something like that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of question marks with this because also you have to think about if you're having the season resume in July, uh, you know, the, the, the contracts, all contracts for, you know, upcoming free agents expire June 30th. And that's normally because, you know, the Stanley Cup finals are normally done by mid early mid to early June. Uh, so obviously the players association has to probably work out a deal in which, you know, they kind of move that date back. Um, but at the same time, how, you know, you have to think about the rest of these players and the health of these players, because especially if you're playing a, a seven game series, uh, in the Stanley cup finals and, you know, this, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs and the finals as well are by no means an easy ride. You know, you, it takes a toll on your body. And you could definitely tell, obviously, by, you know, every year if you watch all the games, regardless if your team's in it or not, 
especially when the team, those teams at the end of the season, you know, when that, when the clock hits zero, 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 and you know, those teams shake hands and you could just see it in the faces of the players who, you know, raise the cup, they're exhausted. Now to go through a grueling run like that and then come back maybe a month, a month and a half later, that's not reasonable. I don't see the players really wanting to do that because I think you're putting their health and their bodies, because of course their bodies are an investment. That's how they earn their living. Um, I don't see them do a situation where they would want to do that. So there's a lot of question marks with this whole plan. Um, Brian and I on the show on Friday, we discussed this scenario in which they, if instead of playing the regular season out, they have the top four teams from the wild card in each conference play sort of a round robin. So at least, you know, if your team is on the fence of making the playoffs, at least they have kind of like those games to satisfy them to at least, you know, play some sort of, I guess, mini tournament if you want to get into the playoffs um, in lieu of, you know, playing those remaining, uh, I believe there's maybe 18 to 15 games left tops for each team. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm, I haven't heard anything thus far in terms of, you know, what the the league has, um, what the league has planned going forward. You know, because I, I would imagine that you know, obviously they can't plan. They they're obviously planning around when things get better with this pandemic, but at the same time, you don't know when that's going to happen. That could happen, you know, two months from now a month from now, whatever the case may be, you know, I believe that they need to be ready and I hope they're ready. I hope they don't, you know, wait till this comes back. You hope, hopefully till, you know, things, things get better. And then they have, they get stuck kind of, you know, stuck out dry and try to figure out then what to do. Um, I've heard certain rumors that there's a possibility of just playing the games eventually, you know, if things don't get better, right away around July or so, maybe just playing games without crowds and, you know, uh, playing any, any, uh, kind of just a neutral site. I've heard that about other leagues as well. I heard something with the NBA possibly doing that in the Bahamas, um, at a neutral site with no fans. Um, I can't see a scenario where, I mean, I can at the same time, I could see them doing that. Maybe, I don't know where they would, I don't know where the, I guess they would have to do multiple, you know, neutral sites throughout. But then again, you have to deal with travel concerns and, you know, things such as that. So they, like I said, they have a lot of, a lot of uh, question marks and a lot of things that they need to figure out. Now I'm going to move on to kind of, I guess, a lighter side, you know, because I feel like we've, we've beaten this whole this whole, you know, when is the season going to start? This whole coronavirus pandemic thing to death. And, I'm, yeah, I, I'm just as tired about it as you guys are about hearing about it. Uh, um, but the way I look at it, uh, you know, you always have to look at the bright side. At least, you know, I'm a huge movie guy. And this, you know, a lot of this downtime has given me time to, I guess, catch up. Not only on, you know, some of the shows I've been wanting to watch or some of the movies I've been wanting to watch. 
Um, and you know, the one movie, even though it's by no means new, it's actually 20 years old now is, and I guess it's kind of a good movie to sort of tie in or kind of, uh, relate into how the, the whole thing with no sports is going is cast away with Tom Hanks. Now, I made a joke the other day to a friend of mine saying that I feel like every morning waking up, um, you know, whether when things were normal, whether it was thinking about what I got to do for work or what, what I got to do for, you know, the show. And I don't have to do that every, every day now, you know, I have to wake up. Oh, you know, maybe I could should watch some, you know, footage of last night's game and discuss that more in depth on the show today, but I can't, I don't, I don't have that luxury obviously because there's no games on. So what does this have to do with Castaway the movie? Well, I made a joke, a, a funny comment, I guess, to a friend the other day discussing how I feel like Chuck Nolan. And if you don't know who Chuck Nolan is, he's the main character, Tom Hanks's character in Castaway. You know, I kind of feel like Chuck Nolan waking up on the Island every day. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, just trying to figure out how to do, how to, you know, fill my day up with, I guess, um, you know, really trivial things. And I guess, you know, that's the way a lot of us feel, but don't worry, eventually, eventually, cause it will happen. Cause you know, this isn't the kind of thing that's going to go on forever and ever. And we're just going to be stuck in our houses now. Uh, eventually we will get off the Island. Um, whether you decide to bring your volleyball or hockey puck or whatever, um, random object that you have named and painted and called it Wilson or whatever, or Bauer, uh, <laughs> you know, we will get off the Island. We will, and uh, we will get off, you know, this Schneid and we'll get back to the sports and everything. And, you know, that movie, I didn't realize how crazy that movie was. Um, yeah, like Castaway is, it's a very underrated movie. I think it's one of Tom Hanks's best movies. Um, just think about it. He's spending more than half the time, uh, of this movie by himself talking to a volleyball, even if he is talking. Um, and to do that is, you know, no small feat. Obviously I'm not an expert on acting, but that's just something I noticed the other day when I was watching the movie. Uh, yeah. If you haven't watched that, go ahead. It's a great movie. Um, Obviously, my first question, if you're around my age, if you're in your 20s and you haven't watched Castaway, my first question is, have you been living under a rock your entire life? And my 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 comment to follow that up would be, well, at least you have enough time now to watch it. Um, that's my recommendation for a movie. I think I'll start doing that now until, you know, things starting to lighten up and, you know, the quarantine start to open up and everything like that. I'll, I'll start recommending movies and or TV shows. Um, to watch, to kind of end the show and kind of, you know, get your mind off of sports not being around. And of course, when you're done with listening to this, go ahead onto the, the Locked On NHL channel and, you know, check out my spot where on there we'll be talking about the Norris Trophy. I'll be discussing Victor Hedman's case for winning the trophy, even though I do believe John Carlson will probably win it. Um, if they do award it this year, hopefully they do. You know, you, you still kind of want to see these players be awarded for the hard work that they put in this year. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my recommendation. 
once you're done with this show, go listen to Locked On NHL as well as you know go go watch Castaway. It's a great movie. Um, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll maybe you'll maybe even learn a little stuff. Maybe you'll learn how to you know start a fire, and that'll go a long way in life. You never know when you're gonna need to start a fire. But yeah, um, that's that's me. I'm done with my rambling for now. Uh, so. And that's it for the show. That's it for the for Locked On Lightning. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be discussing who knows what. Well, maybe I'll surprise you guys, or maybe I'll tweet something later on in the day. Uh, maybe I'll set up a poll to see what you guys want to discuss. If you guys have any suggestions on what you want me to talk about, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter, and I will take those you know suggestions into consideration. So that's been it for Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alan